familiar song. Where's the big guy, Chad? Where's the big guy? Oh, he's here. Is he here? Is the big guy around? We're calling for Big Ray. We are back. Hot <laughs> top. The Grimly Financial Studios. It's speaking of sports. I'm Ray Scipione along with Chad the Wiz Grimly. And he's our king. He is our king. He is our king. Not that other king. He's our king. <laughs> Daily Show. Congratulations again. It's a big hit. Welcome back, everyone. But, Chuck, I need to know, tell me one thing good about the Phillies. Yeah, we have to remember that we are we are a, a, G, a G-rated show. Exactly. Um, not much. Stadium is is beautiful stadium. And uh, they're, I, I like their uniforms. And Harry Kays is good. And they have Mac and Maggie's <laughs> Pizza. They have a good cheesesteak, bud, don't they? Great cheesesteak, great pizza. Yeah. But Schwarber's got 15 home runs. There you go, baby Schwarbs. Yeah, it's June. It's June. It's June. Absolutely. And and, and you know what? Two notable home runs against the Nats. Uh, big, big timely shots. Yeah. It's just beautiful. He's on fire. Is he on fire, Chuck? Yeah. Well, number one, big guy, it's great having you back. We do miss you. And, uh, you know, it's great when we got the team together. Uh, we got to get Coach Al back. He just celebrated a birthday, and uh, we got to get him back and do uh, the four of us. Sure. A little anniversary show, if you will, something like that. Yeah, there's not much good. I mean, we, we have the scorecard for Bo. I hope he, he will be joining us today uh, shortly in about eight minutes. And I hope Bo allows me to set the table on the uh, stats because uh, he, he may not. He may get tired of hearing that they are so woeful. Uh, 4.16 runs per game, 24th. They don't walk, 25th. They don't hit them runs, 20th. Pitching wise for 24th, five runs a game. 20, <laughs> 22nd defensive efficiency, 25 and defensive runs saved. Whether you like stats or not, you got to hear them. 24th in base running, 28th. Two out runners in scoring position as measured by OPS. 24th win against average. Do you want me to get, hey, how about this? How about minus 36 run differential? But they are 38 and 13 against the Nats since 2020. 26 and 4. Yeah, but how about last but not least, they're 10 and 20 against 500 teams this year. And they were 34 and 47 against 500 teams last year. And if I'm doing my math right, pretty sure that's 44 and 67. All right, the last season and a half against 500 teams. And they have almost quantifiably the worst defense in baseball and a left fielder and center fielder that don't have an assist in two years. You polish that, Raymond. And we told Bo of this. We told Bo all those stats. They didn't. They don't beat good teams. But my question to you is, let's guess what Bo, after you tell him all the doom and gloom, let's guess what Bo is going to say. That's a good question. I will say this. That's a good question. He will say, Chuck, but they are at the same, almost the same (laughs) spot we were at last year, and we went to the World Series. That's what I think he's going to say to you. Note it for the record, Chad. Yeah, I think that's exactly what what the response is. I think that 
in in the in the positives position, you can try to spin the Phillies at Harper's still getting his groove back. You know, he's still right. he's still a month month or so getting back, so he needs time. Schwarber's maybe showing signs of heating up. Casty's been having a you know Cassidy. really comeback season. You got some promising gut young guys in Stott and Bohm still. Get Bohm back healthy, get Alvarado back healthy. Maybe late in the season you get Andrew Painter. If Wheeler and Nola get a little bit of a bounce back second half too, all of a sudden you got a pretty complete baseball team. And then and also maybe assume Trey Turner doesn't hit 200 for the rest of the year. If he gets back to 75% of what he has been throughout his life, you got a 285 solid hitter right there. Yeah, That's the positive it's been for the Phillies. How about that, Ray? That's Chad's what-if 12-point plan. If all 12 what-ifs happen, they're going to be good. So now, Chuck, let me ask you this. As a company guy, how bad? Now, he's got to be pissed. I mean, clearly the guy's, the guy's upset like we are. But he's got to let a little anger out, right? That's the question I wrote down. I How do I get Boa to be um, – he's always genuine, the right word. How do I get Boa to be more realistic about circumstances and allow some of the negativity in? I think one of the things he's going to say when I, if, if he lets me read this scorecard, he may not. He may say, okay, right. okay, I fully anticipate being interrupted. Chuck, Chuck, we, I understand that. Uh, but if I get through it, I'll really read it fast. He may go, hey, wow, I didn't realize that. You know, you always bring the stats, you know, and I didn't realize that. I was a little uh, disclaimer. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, he's going to go all company. Uh, he's going to reference he's going to index last year and and the world series is always that magical sab you put on the wound because things were as bad and we ended up two and oh in the world series looked like we were going to win it and then we could we did it we'll do it again and once you achieve that camouflage that that, that, it's camouflage if the organization to the core is is cultured and has pedigree and man to play, you know, man to man, player to player, is 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 that type of team, then you could make those statements. You cannot look at this organization and assess these this current roster and say this is a World Series roster. It's not. No. They don't make plays. They don't make plays on defense, right? And we got the best shortstop. In the league, I was told. Well, I, I have a, I have a crazy solution for the Phillies' defensive problems up the middle, and that's the and they'll never do it. But it's the switch. I know it's what you're going to say. Switch Stott and Turner. There you go. Put Stott at second at shortstop. Put Turner at second you base. Know, you know, Bud, you're are you the first person? Are you the second person to say that? Because you said it earlier to me, but I've heard it twice. I'm just looking at Turner's fielding at second base when he played there younger in his career. He was unbelievable, and um, Stott's looking like he's he's making magical plays out there. I think he'll he's more athletic than Turner at this point, and he deserves he deserves that wow. that, that that option. Wow! wow. Ne- they'll, again, they'll never do it. They'll never do it. But it's Turner would stick his head so far up his ass that Stott could see it <laughs> from second base. So. That that would never happen. I have a haunting feeling that this one could get off the rails. I do, uh, main, mainly because I guess I feel like I'm going to push a little harder from the opening, and he's not going to love that. Hey, Bo, how are you? Uh, but here we go. How are you? 
Morning, Bo. Hey, Coach, your dog's even upset with the Phillies. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, my dog's barking everything. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> good, 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 you have, good to have you back, Bo. We're going to jump right into it, okay? Senior advisor, um, senior fan. Here we go. I want to reboot. It'll take me a minute. It's a lot of numbers, but I'll fly through them. Just want to reboot where we are. Nothing you're not fully aware of. But for the podcast purposes, here's kind of state of the union through one-third of the season. Offensively, 4.16 runs per game in 24th. Walks, 173, 25th. Home runs, 59, 20th. Let's switch to pitching. 491 is 24th, 22nd in defensive efficiency, and 25th in defensive run saved. We're 24th in base running and 28th in our runners in scoring position measured by OPS with two outs. The team ranks 24th, wins above average, minus 36. Run deficiency, we are 38 and 18 against the Nats since 2020, 26 and 4 since 21, but against 500 teams, we're 10 and 20 this year and last year, 34 and 47 against 500 teams. And our defense right now could be considered 28th in baseball. We're, we're not making plays. Our ERAs are real high. They're inflated. Bo, is this a team that we can be realistically positive and get behind? I know that there's a responsibility for you to reflect it that way. But if we're coming at you today a little harder than previous podcasts, because we love you, um, are, are we fair to, to assess it this way? Uh, or you say, nah, you guys are just, you, hey, keep the numbers, be damned. You're not reading this team right. Floor's yours, buddy. No, the, the numbers, they don't lie. I mean, you are what you are right now. And right now, as we speak today, we, in my opinion, we are not a playoff team. We're not playing like okay. a playoff team, but we're capable of playing like one. Uh, the, the numbers that <clears throat> sort of blew me away were uh, – Teams over 500 that we yeah, played. Yeah. That, that's a, those are unbelievable numbers. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you got to play better against those teams. There's no question about that. I, I just think that the consistency factor is huge right now. We just uh, we'll go two or three games and we'll say, okay, they got it, and then we'll go a week and say what happened. Um, right. Until we and the, 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 the whole key to me. We have to make plays that we're supposed to make. I'm not saying we have to make great plays, but it's going to help everything. It's going to help your relief pitchers. It's going to help your starting pitchers. It's going to help the outcome of a game. And again, I'm not talking about great plays. We got to make the routine plays that are supposed to be made at a big league level. And we have not done that, whether it be the infield, whether it be the outfield. We just have not uh, performed to our capabilities that way. And again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you we have nine gold glove players on the Phillies, but we have guys capable of making routine plays, which we haven't done up until now. And hopefully something kicks in here because people don't understand that when you give out, they don't even have to be ruled hits. They don't, I mean, errors. They don't even have to be ruled errors. They're balls that you should get to that we're not getting to. And uh, it, whether it's concentration whether it was, whether it's worrying about what your last at bat was, I, I don't know what it was. Uh, you know, I, I was when I played, I was in the mindset, man. If you're not hitting, don't let anybody else get any hits. And you know that mindset it was, was is different now. Obviously, it's all about offense. 
And until we sort sort of shore that up, we're going to be up and down. But we, we've got to start playing better defensively all around, not just the infield, outfield, infield, everything. So you're you're referring quintessentially to Friday night's game. You make an excellent point. There are three plays in Friday night's loss that doesn't support pitching. It's got to just destroy Wheelerman uh, right from the beginning of the game. Schwarber and Marsh have two balls that will not show up as errors. They won't even show up as a negative defensive run save because it's more generous. That stat is very generous. I keep my own book on the outfield, and my book has a much higher negative defensive run saved on both shortstop, and yet, but you have to do it per game. You have to actually do it per play. It's a right. charitable number to only have Schwarber minus seven. In my book, he's like minus 18 in routine plays that could have been made. That's what you're referring to Friday night. Three balls that drop that are almost routine balls, Bo. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, the, the, the scorekeeping in baseball now is, is so generous, it's unbelievable. Uh, guys are getting hits on balls that, and when you play in the big leagues, you have to make these plays. This, that's why it's called the big league. Uh, but I see it all the way down. I just got back from uh, from Clearwater. Uh, I'm really impressed with the guys down there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I Like I said, maybe getting this, these last two wins, and again, I'm not doing backflips over this. Uh, let's face it, Washington Washington's pitching staff's not very good. Uh, they're, they're not a good pitching staff at all. I think they've improved as far as <clears throat> their lineup's concerned. They put the ball in play a little bit better. But uh, as as far as them us saying, okay, we're, we're headed in the right direction, I like the two wins, no question about that. Mm-hmm. And we're playing a team right now that's, that's sort of banged up pitching-wise, Detroit. I'm not, I saw them in spring training. They have some good arms, but they're banged up, but they, we got to take advantage when we play these teams right now. We're, we're not doing that. You know, we're playing teams we should be beating. Uh, this, the Mets swept us, and then Toronto goes in there and sweeps the Mets. So, yep, you got it. Uh, you know, there's so much inconsistency right now uh, in the National League East, e- even Atlanta. I mean, at least, at least Atlanta, they got some big time starters that have been out. Uh, but they have a they have a way of riding the ship before it gets way out of control, and that's what we have to do. We have to start trying to win series. Don't look ahead. Don't say, "I I get tired of." of I'm not saying players, but even writers say, "Oh, we were the same place we were last year." That, that it's a whole different year. Uh, and if you really want to analyze last year, if it weren't if it wasn't for the second wild card, we don't get in. And if it wasn't, forget that. If it wasn't for Milwaukee playing terrible down the stretch. We don't get in. So we can't refer back to last year. Yeah, and I just want to anoint the two things Bo just said. I say anoint because when people say, oh, Bo's a company guy, I'll give you a company line, you're keeping it real here today and evidenced by the last two things you just said, and that's keeping it real. We appreciate that because that's not company line. That's saying we had some really good fortune last year to make it in to the playoffs and then got hot fans got behind us hey we know we all know anything can happen once you get there we were the textbook example that right coach it's like you had said a couple of weeks ago you have to you have to beat the shit out of these washington national team yeah and you gotta go 500 against the big boys that that's what that's that's a good formula usually that works you know you beat the team you're supposed to beat and you play even with the real good teams and again this team is very capable of getting to the playoffs. And again, and it's, it's a scary team. If you look at that lineup, it's a scary team. And we're still doing this 
I mean, Schwab just got hot uh, when the calendar turned. Uh, and I still, I, I really believe that, that Turner's going to start hitting. Castellanos is playing unbelievable right now. We got, we got uh, lightning in a bottle with, with Ellis. I have no idea, but I had no idea about Ellis. But, you know, talked to a couple of minor league people and he's done well. Marsh is really, as far as the batting average, everything getting more walks and the real Mudo, you know, he's hot and cold. So this lineup, top to bottom, when they're hitting on all cylinders, I wouldn't want to face them. But the word is consistency. We have to play more consistent baseball, which we're very capable of doing. And when I talk about consistency, I mean, I saw Wheels pitch an unbelievable game in Atlanta. I mean, that might be the best I've ever seen him pitch. And, and then the last game, like you said, there's a couple plays that have to be made, but it doesn't reflect on the numbers that he put up at the end of the game. So, you know, all around, we have to play better baseball. Coach, you just said you were in the minor leagues, you know, talking to the guys down there. And you look at other teams in the big leagues. You know, Arizona has Corbin Carroll, uh, a rookie, tearing it up. And, and, and we're looking at our minor leagues right now. Um, there's a guy, Simon Maziotti, who's um, batting 351. And where's our, you know, star at? And, and, and how, how bad is our minor league system right now? We're good. I mean, well, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me just say this. I, I went down to Clearwater for six games, mm-hmm. five, five games. They lost yesterday. I left yesterday morning. They have four prospects there. They play the game the right way. They're 20-some games over 500. They're in first place. They lead the league in fielding. They still, they're stealing bases. Uh, they have This Crawford kid is going to be a player, a big-time player. Uh, and I, I really believe that this team right now Moving forward, if, if we have some guys that don't get hurt, uh, this this team has a chance of doing some special things. Uh, I, I just think that uh, our prospects down there, uh, to me, that's the best minor league team I've seen in, I'm going to say, a while. Hmm. Um, believe me, it's uh, it's it's really, uh, I don't know, I, I you know, I don't want to get too excited uh, because you know it's a long way to go here, but. Uh, we got a kid, Brito, who to me is really, really good. Uh, and I, I mentioned uh, Crawford. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I just think that they're playing the game the right way. There's no question about that. Uh, uh, Marty Malloy and his staff are doing a great job. I would say most of our prospects right now are down there. Now, Bo, uh, to be really clear for the, for the audience, just to keep it clear, we're talking about the – Clearwater uh, Threshers, Threshers, although it's T-H-R-E-S. Okay. And the average player, Bo, is 1920. Is that fair? Yep. And there's a kid named Rincones. It's a shortstop. There's also a kid named uh, Rincon, and then there's a Rincones. Okay. uh, Who was a third-round pick, who's an outfielder. Uh, These guys, they, 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 they strap it on, man, and they play hard. Kid named Kemp down there is not hitting average wise, but he he got good actions down there. Now, One thing what, that's that's uh, really cool to see. When, yeah, I was Holy just about to Toledo, say that. But yeah. the stolen bases are all high. Oh, they're they're oh they're running, they run, they run. Uh, they they play the game. I was impressed with. In fact, I even told them before I left. I said I've been to all our minor league teams, and you guys impressed me more than anything. And it's a very young team for a Florida State League team. You know, most of those guys are. 
22, 23 years old. There's some guys 24 playing in that league, and we got a bunch of 19-year-old kids that have really opened my eyes. I want to keep tabs on them because I don't want to get real excited, but right. it was a pleasure going to the game. I really don't like going to low-A games because the games are long and guys walk guys, the errors. These guys, they're, they're leading the league in fielding. Their outfield is tremendous. Uh, they, they run balls down, man. And uh, I was really impressed with Crawford. Uh, I saw him in spring training. Uh, this kid, <laughs> he's doing everything. He steals bases. He plays center field. Does he look 10, uh, 340, holy 850 Toledo. OPS for everyone listening. He's got almost 50 hits, 25 RBIs, well, 23 stolen everything. bases. Yeah, it yep. looks like an all-around type of guy. Do they remind you of, of Howard, Utley, and Rollins maybe a little bit? <laughs> this team this team reminds me of, of – of, of, well, we came up with the AO8 team that came up through the minor leagues and our 80 team. We had a bunch of guys come up through the minor leagues. That's what these guys remind me of. Again, I'm not going to say they're all going to be bigger. I'm watching them right now at 19 years old, and I've been very impressed with the way they play. So I want to keep, keep watching them. In fact, I really think that after – Next week, I think they have a seven-game lead, so it's, it's two halves. They want them to win that first half. Then I think you might see three or four guys get moved up to uh, the Jersey Shore because they want to move some of these kids. And I don't know if that's the way to go because they're still young, but right. they are dominating down there. And um, they have a lot of fun. They like each other. They play hard. Uh, like I said, I was impressed down there. And, and, they, and it looks like Justin Crawford, son of Carl Crawford, I didn't know yeah. that. That, yep. that it was uh, coming from a guy who had yeah. a very good big league career there. A lot of pedigree. Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. He had a great career. And, and, and this kid, this kid, he not only does he hit the ball, but he can run. He's unbelievably fast. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the other kid that has, I lost, I, I kept didn't keep track of his name. I know who he is, though. If you guys have those stats there, he's an outfielder. He's got 18 to 20. I know Rincona is junior. Rincona, yeah, a lot of he There's another a one there. Whole bunch There's of guys. Another one there. Yeah, it has 18. Is it out? I mean, overall team wise, you talk about speed. You got 119 stolen bases with 35 caught. That's right. unbelievable. You have OPS on this team. We didn't look at this team. We prepared with Lehigh. We should have gone right. down. We should have gone down to Clearwater. I may go to Clearwater right. and see this team. You, you might want to watch it. Well, if, if, <laughs> if you don't go down there soon, I think they're going to move break up. It up. Right. They might, yeah. They might promote some kids. Well, it's funny that Ray mentioned the kid from Arizona, and then you come back with these all-around players that look like they've got, you know, arm speed, defense, and uh, OPS, you know, and right. that that's uh, that's very encouraging. Now, in the normal rotation, or I should say evolution, of a player at that level, are you, you're talking four years to get to the big leagues, Bo? I'm, I'm not. Well, you know, because of the way our contracts are structured here at the big league level, there's going to be some guys that might be hindered a little bit. I will say this, that I will guarantee this thing when the trade deadline comes, there's going to be a whole lot of people asking for some of these players. If you want to get a bona fide pitcher or uh, a guy at the back end or, or something to, to, to fix your team going down the stretch. These guys are going to be on the radar. There's no question about that. And it's going to be a matter of, do we want to break up a couple of these kids because of the, the contract situations with a lot of our players, or do we want to keep them and see how this thing evolves? But uh, there's going to be some interest in a lot of these players. I, I had a guy ask me about uh, 
uh, older guy, 28 years old in AAA, Dustin Peterson. You know, guys hitting 290, and, and, and my friend's saying, well, why don't they bring him up? And I, I try to explain, isn't there career AAA guys that kind of fill seats and that'll never really come up but put up good numbers in AAA, the older guys? No, no question. Uh, okay. I, I think the one thing with, about AAA, and this is not a knock on, on AAA, but if the pitching is what I re- – sort of analyze when I go down there. The pitching is not great at AAA because if they were, you see the shortage of pitchers in the big leagues at the big league level, they'd be up there. Right. So right. I, I got to, you know, you got to take that into consideration. And like I said, not taking anything away. Wilson's having a real good year at AAA. I, this kid had a good spring training. He plays everywhere. Um, but I, I want to back off a little bit on the batting averages and everything because I'm not really impressed with the overall pitching in AAA baseball. I'm talking about other organizations and uh, because you all know that as soon as a guy does well in AAA, he's in the big league. Right. So. And most of the studs come up from AA, right, uh, Coach? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yep. So, And, you know, they're, they're, we, got, we, got, you know we got another kid, uh, Rojas, who's playing good at AAA. we got Vila Cruz, who's playing good. Uh, our, our farm system is much better than it was the last two or three years. There's no question about that. You know, we got to get. Uh, I, I watched Abel pitch. I watched him pitch one game where he was really good. I watched him pitch a game where he was. He threw the first four innings. He had nine strikeouts, and in the fifth inning he comes out and he walks three or four guys, hits a guy, a guy gets a double. So yeah. again, the, the arms there, he gets your attention real quick, and that's just a matter of consistency. They, these kids, once they they start getting consistent, you're going to see them moving on a fast track. And the draft's two weeks away, Coach. I know. So, and and watching the and watching the college world series, uh, well, the regionals actually, the the number of power arms, coach. I I, I mean, a, a, even an average school like Duke marched out two guys, uh, both six seven, throwing in the upper nineties. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and Duke's not arms. a powerhouse in baseball, you know. No, there's there's some arms. I, I watched the kid. Uh, I, I, his name evades me. Right, the number he's probably going to be number one pick for LSU, the pitcher. He, yeah. He oh yeah, very well. He's got, and then there's a center fielder named Cruz who's hitting. He hit 400 the whole year. You know, you're talking about hitting 400 in the SEC, right. and they're facing some. They're facing some good pitching down there. Oh my! So, but I've, I've been impressed with the, uh, the 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 regionals and everything. They've got some big time arms. I saw a kid, the kid from Texas. Two nights ago, through 127 pitches. Yeah, yeah, he had a complete game, and I'm saying now that this kid can throw 127 pitches. Why are we on pitch count uh, at, at 95 to 100? I mean, this kid went out and, and laid it all out there, and he had good stuff the whole game. Another guy threw over 100 pitches uh, for a complete game. Yep, right. So I mean, there's there's a lot of good players down there right now. It's fun watching these kids. And Ryder, a school where I coached, and you actually did our, our, our first, you were the guest speaker at our first pitch dinner, upset the number 10 Coastal Carolina, the host team. Uh, they were actually being no, they were getting no hit Boa through six. They scored down five, and they scored seven in the seventh, and then one in 10 on uh, in the 10th inning on a diving catch that would have, you know, if it lands, they lose the game. It's it's just crazy. College yeah. baseball is where it's at right now, too. I think. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and you know, Penn, Penn's doing good too. I mean, 
the Ivy League school that, that yeah. nobody thought would do anything. And they're, they're, they're playing today. I think yep. they're playing Southern Miss today. If they win, yep. they move on. They were actually undefeated, Coach, and they lost the first game. They're playing today. And, and Oral Roberts, I didn't even yep. know they had a baseball team. They were a four seed. They're actually going to the first Super Regionals uh, of their history. So I know a, lot of, a lot of the big boys are knocking each other off, and they're not in it. So Yep. A lot of number one seeds. Fun to watch him, Fun to watch. Absolutely. Bo, have you, uh, have you seen the guy in AAA? I think we mentioned his name earlier, Simon Muzuati. He's having a great year. M- Muzioti? Yeah, I, I have. He, he's a, he's a, a hitter that puts the ball in play. He can run. He's a good outfielder. I think he's more of a corner guy, but he could. He, he runs balls down. He gets great jumps on balls. Uh, you know, they got him playing. He plays some center field and Rojas and Redding. I would say that Rojas, uh, right now, probably I give him the edge defensively. Rojas is doing a very good job at Double A, but I, I think projecting ahead, I think Crawford's going to have. And I, this is saying a lot because I love Rojas. You get Rojas and Crawford in the same outfield, there's not going to be any gaps, man. I'm telling you, these guys can run some stuff down. So this guy Simon, then, if he, he's, I mean, he's having an unbelievable year. If he, if he keeps it up, do you yes, think he, he any chance he gets called up? I mean, he's kind of nowhere to really put him. I guess is the pro is the problem. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, you you, you can he probably has the credentials to get called up, but you can't call up a kid right, and let him right. sit on the bench five days. You got to keep letting him play. And like I said, the contracts of our guys right now, I'm not saying it's, it's stymieing these guys, but, you know, you've you got to be realistic here. You, you sign somebody for five years or, or ten years or whatever, long-term contracts, you're probably going to let those contracts at least go to the last year before right. you do anything. I mean, because that doesn't make any sense. But these guys, if somebody should go down, I mean, with a serious injury, hopefully that doesn't happen. You could probably plug right. uh, Musiati in there right now. He's not a power hitter. He hits the ball all over the place. He can run good. Got a decent eye at the plate. But again, you know, you you want these guys to play. You can't just bring them up and say, "Oh, you'll play twice a week." He's got to play every day. And they've been. That's one good thing about you know Rojas and Crawford and Musiati. They're playing. They're playing every day, and they're getting a lot of experience. So we gotta let this thing play out a little bit, Coach. I mean, we have we, we clearly we have a shortstop for the for the next uh, eight to ten years. But these shortstops we have in the minor leagues that are awesome. I mean, they could just play anywhere, though, right? They could obviously, you know, yeah. I you know you always you know best athlete plays shortstop, and then you know, well, this Rincon guy, he got my attention real quick, right? And, and I saw him in spring training, and he, Swinging the bat, I said, ah, now I know he's not hitting that well. He's about 235, but he was hitting like 180. He's getting the hang of it. He's playing every day. Yep. He's got great range. He's got great instincts. Uh, and, uh, you know, here's another kid. He's 19 years old. Let him play. See what happens. Don't the top guys average one year? Getting back to what Chuck was saying, how long should it take? Don't the stars average like one year per level, Coach? That, I mean, that's how it was when we came up. I played uh, A, double A, and triple A three different years. Uh, now, uh, I think that would be the great, the best formula mm-hmm. if they continue to progress, you know. Uh, 
I, I sort of like a guy. This is just my opinion. I, I like a guy like, in my opinion, that Clearwater team. I'd like them to keep that team together. Again, I'm not trying to tell the guys what to do, but to right. get a feeling what it's like to go through a whole year of battling and grinding with the same guys, knowing what it takes to win games, sticking together for they play 120 or 130 games. I don't know what it is. But to get that feeling, and when you win a championship, you know what it's like. But that, And I also understand, hey, these guys are tearing it up. we got to move them up. But I think there is something to it when you guys play together and you start winning championships at A-ball, double-A, AA, triple-A. That means a lot. It means uh, as far as the mental makeup of a guy, what it takes to win a, a long season. But, you know, the way the game's played now, if you get a guy that's tearing it up, they probably want to move him and see what he can do at a different level. Bo, the organization is used to really good, if not great, defensive shortstops, and we're talking to one of them right now. So when you go from Wine to Boa to Rollins, Galvis in between, and a couple others, you got tremendous numbers, defensive runs saved, that you're deadly accurate. What we're looking at right now with Turner, not to get lost in the numbers for the listeners, but he is he's a minus seven defensive run save, which is hard to do this early through 60 games. It's almost hard to achieve that low of a quotient. So then you go to range. You take a look at his, what's called an RF9. And that, all that really is is chances per nine innings, all right? So, so it's 3.54 for a shortstop. You were 4.87. So, okay, I understand different time, more plays, more strikeouts now, so less balls. But we get that. But if you compare the 3.54 range factor against other shortstops, even though he's maybe the fastest guy in baseball, it's not translating to him getting to more balls at shortstop. He just, and he's had two other bad years in his career where he's been minus six, minus eight. He's just not a great shortstop. He's really not. Could we switch our guy at second and and, and turn it to no. second? Not going to ever consider that, right? No, I don't think that'll happen. But I, I will say this, and again, not, not sticking up, for, for Trey. I, I watched him in spring training. Uh, I really believe right now the offense is affecting the way, you know, mm-hmm. but he might guys are going to say, no, it doesn't. But, you know, you go out there and you say, man, I'm hitting 240. I know I'm better than this. I'm a better hitter than this, which he is. There's no question about that. I said the same thing about Castellanos at the beginning of this year. I said, you know what? You can be together in spring training. Once you get acclimated to a new city, a city that's very intense, a city that demands you to play at the top of your game as opposed to going to uh, Castellanos played in Cincy. He played in Detroit. Uh, no expectation. Mm-hmm. Turner played in Washington. No expectation. L.A., which is a very laid-back city. Uh, and I, I think it takes a while for guys to get acclimated to the new environment. It's a different environment. And people don't understand when I tell you it's it's different here in Philadelphia, man. You put pressure on yourself. You want to do good. You want to justify the, the long contract you just signed. And the more you press, the more you go over four, it gets it starts snowballing. There's no question in my mind this guy can hit. I, I watch this guy hit, uh, and he's going through some bad times right now. And I just think once this this offensive part of his game starts coming into play, you're going to see him make plays that you're going to say, oh, okay. This is what we expected to see. But right now, 
And again, I don't think he's ever going to say it's affecting the way I play out there. Right. It's just a matter of concentration. What's he? What's he mainly doing wrong? The, the eye test from from Larry Bella. What's he chiefly doing wrong offensively? Is it swinging out of the strike zone, chasing bad pitches? That's kind of the comments, and, you know. See again, there's, that's another thing. He, he's he's swinging the pitches out of the zone that's so far out of his normal range that he's getting himself out. Pitchers aren't getting him out. That's why I think you got to feel positive about this. He's getting himself out. Once he starts calming down a little bit and understands, hey, I'm, I'm swinging at their pitches, I think you're going to see a different turn because we get this guy going. I'm telling you, he, he can do a lot of things out there. I, I, I really believe that. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's going to be a whole year like this because I don't believe that. But we do need to get Trey going. He's a good kid. He plays hard. Uh, and he'll be the first to tell you he's not satisfied at all with the way he's playing. If he steals second base, he's a threat to steal third with the rules being oh, what yeah. they are. Acuna's projecting 78 stolen bases. Why won't Turner run when he does get to first base, Bo? <laughs> that's a good question. That, that, that sort of baffles me a little bit because I, I, I look at some of these guys that already have 20, 22 yeah, stolen bases. Right? And Trey's faster than these guys. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's because who's hitting behind him. I don't know uh, if the score's indicative of him not running. You know, you might be down three runs, or you might be up six. You don't want to. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think this guy is very capable of stealing fifty bases. There's no question in my mind. But again, I, I, you know, the offensive part of his game, I think, is affecting a lot of different areas in his game right now. Coach, I'm just thinking outside of the box here uh, with Turner. Could it be um, he started, I mean, he was tearing up the World Baseball Classic. Now, yeah. you're representing your country. It's not like it's uh, spring training. And in my eyes, it's more competitive. You know, these guys are playing hard for these other countries, as, as our guys are. And he was on fire. Could he just technically be in a mid-season slump already because he's he – Hey, those are like – that's a great comment there because those were like playoff games. Exactly. In February, and in, in, I should say in March. You're playing you're playing playoff games in March. And then when you go through that grind, you're doing that for two weeks. That wear, wears on you, man. I mean, it really – again, I'm not making excuses for Trey. Trey's a good player. He's going to be in yeah, but but I'm telling you that 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 mentality was, hey, we're playing against other countries, and you don't you don't. I'm not saying you don't give 100 percent in March, but the mindset is racing, man. And you're playing every game. It's like playing a World Series in March. You're not ready for that. And he turned up the he turned it up a few notches. There's no question about that. And maybe the fact that after that was over, he took a big deep breath and. Before you know it, we're into June already, and things aren't going the, the way that he knows that it can go. That's right. Oh, what, what, what do you think the the silver lining is for the Phillies here? It's 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 been a slow start. We got Harper, I guess, coming coming back and maybe getting his spring training out of the way. What's the silver lining for for this team? That's clearly more a better team than than the record shows. Well, I, I really believe that that Nola and Wheeler are the two keys, and of Suarez, I was again. Uh, I, I, I think he's taking baby steps, but he, he, I thought he threw the ball well yesterday. Nolan Wheeler, to me, are the guys that have got to keep you in games all the way to the seventh, eighth inning. I, I looked at the two teams that supposedly are the teams that we're going to have to catch is Atlanta and uh, the Mets. 
I'll take our bullpen over both those teams. I'll take our bullpen over both of their teams right now. And I think this bullpen is going to carry us uh, eventually. But we need deeper innings from our starters. You, you can keep going that bullpen, and by August, man, yeah. it doesn't matter how many games, how many times they've been up, how many times they've been down, you're going to get worn out. But if we can get our starters to take us, especially the first three guys, those guys got to take us into the sixth, seventh inning on every start. And I know there's going to be games where they don't have their best stuff. But the one thing I noticed about Nola that, that I, I really, I've been watching it real careful. Every time that we get a run or take a lead, he goes out and makes a pitch that he'd like to have back. You know, it's like we get up one, they tie it. We get up two, they tie it. And then he settles in. So we need, we need Aaron to pitch the way we know he can. Wheeler's a guy, as you said, his last start, I, I don't even look at that because there were plays that we had to make. But the game in Atlanta, I mean, he got my attention real quick. And, and Suarez right now, I thought he pitched a good game. Uh, but, we, but we need to get going here, man. We can't keep saying, oh, look at our record. It's almost the same as last year. We can't have that mindset. And I don't think they do have that. But you have these writers that are writing that. And people, you know, mentally you say, oh, we're okay. You know, we're okay. We, we got to start taking these series, every series we play now, try to win every series. And there's going to be series where you get swept, and there's no question about that, where things don't go your way. But uh, we got to start picking it up and playing. But to me, it's consistency. we we got to play consistent baseball. Is it possible with the 212 innings that Noel uh, pitched last year, and then you throw another, what is it, 25 innings yep. postseason? Very high leverage. I mean, any pitch you throw in postseason's high leverage, all that, you get that whole tension thing going. Is that perhaps, or are we seeing maybe uh, the aftermath of that, you know? With this generation, it is it is, true, it is a truism that that happens. Yeah. But I remember Carlton, we got in the playoffs a lot from 75 on. It didn't affect him. It didn't affect him at all. You know, right. I, 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 I just think that, you know, it's a mental thing that uh, uh, that everybody's created. Oh, if you go deep into the playoffs, that means you got to be careful next spring. These guys are, they're not, 37, 38 years old. They're still young guys. You know, I don't, I don't think they'll use that as an excuse. I really don't. I just think that you could throw that out there if you want. You could throw it out there. People could say, okay, that has some merit to it. But yeah, you know, we're well into the season right now. It is what it like is. Said, we're third of the way. Right now, our record is what it is, and and uh, we can't hide that. I guess it's time the Philadelphia fans finally recognize Reese Hoskins. And, you know, you miss his 70 extra base hits, his 345 on base percentage, uses up five or six pitches per bat. I guess we fully recognize his value right about now, don't we? <laughs> I think Hoskins is very underrated as far as the offensive side of it goes, man. I'm telling you, he makes pitchers work. He gives you his 25 home runs. He drives in 80. Uh, that's a big bat. That's a huge bat out of the lineup. He played every day. And, you know, people, well, he went down. We got a lot of backup in that. But you know what? Uh, I, I think Hoskins is a big part of what's happening right now offensively. The inconsistencies, I really do. I think that uh, he's, he was very underrated, and I think people understand now. He's, hey, he was a big part of that offense. Was he a leader in a clubhouse too, Coach? He wasn't as – yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that would – hey, he made an error, and you guys saw interviews. Hey, I got to make that play. That's on me. He's not a guy that ever backs down. He admits when he doesn't make a play or he should have made the play or if he has a bat at bat. He's not afraid of that. 
And I think he's a stand-up guy, and he gives you the effort every single day. His work ethic's off the charts. I mean, people don't understand. I've seen this guy go out. I know his defense has been criticized a lot, but this guy works. And anybody that works, and uh, he still comes up a little short at one side of the bar, I take my hat off to him because it could be very easy to say, hey, you know what, I'm not a very good first baseman as far as numbers are concerned. This guy goes out there and he works hard every day. He worked hard every single day. I've seen him. And I guarantee this guy wants to come back here the last month of the season. And, then, you know, hopefully that could happen because uh, he's, he's missed he's missed by a lot of guys in that lo- in that locker room. And I think he's uh, – you're going to realize at the end of the year, hopefully we get in the playoffs again, but that was a big bat to, to take out of that lineup. Yeah, look at some of the big three-run home runs he hit. But I was to the last yep. question, most exciting – Young young player in the game that you you enjoy watching. Most exciting young player. Oh in the wow, game. man, that's a good question. Uh, Crawford. <laughs> Crawford really impressed me. I mean, not, but I'm I'm talking. I'm thinking yeah, majors. There's yeah. so many good young. No, I know. Yeah. I'm yeah, but but uh, you guys, if you get a chance, you got to go watch this kid. And you know what's amazing? He still his body hasn't even come close to maturing. He's He's sort of a thin dude. He doesn't weigh a lot, but uh, he's he's very his work ethic is off the chart. Uh, I had a lot of fun down there. I you know I went down there with uh, people saying, "Oh, this is a good team," and you know I wanted to see it. And they impressed the heck out of me the way they played. And I'm sure you found a good steakhouse while you're down there, right? Well, I sort of hung out in the club. These guys get these guys after the game, they get treated like you're. Uh, like you're uh, in the big league. Really? You got three meals a day. Oh, yeah. It's, really? That's a big deal down there, man. It's coach, really a big it, deal. That's coach, great. if something happened and you had to coach uh, Clearwater, would you do it? Oh, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time watching them. Uh, you wouldn't want to get in there, Bo, with those guys? Uh, oh, hey, I went down to the locker room and talked to them, and it was fun. It was fun. I had a good time. That's great stuff. Well, Bo, thanks so much for taking the time. You always come thanks, on and spend it. You're invaluable, and uh, we'll get this thing turned around. And, and we got uh, we to take this series here against Detroit because we got the Dodgers coming in, and uh should be an interesting week here. That's it. We'll get it going. Huh? Hey, thanks, Bo, and have a, we'll talk to you right. soon, Bo. All right, guys. You guys take care. There he is. Larry Boa. Never dull. Never dull. And guess what? Keeping it real today. Yes, he did. You push the envelope by saying, would they ever switch Stott and uh, Turner? He's got his snickers at that. Like, wow, that's ridiculous. Why would you bring that up? So you you, you push your luck, you know, because he's agreeing with you, and then you get outrageous on him, and he just pulls the rug right out. Like, no, that's a crazy thought. That's never, ever going to happen. First of all, you'd embarrass Turner. You know, Stott would probably come to the organization and say, please don't do this because – I'm in the locker room with this guy. You know, we're all I got to eat with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but, I, you know, listen, when we gained the stats and he said, no, that's not a playoff team. Let's keep it real. That's not a playoff team right now. And he said we yeah. shouldn't have got – technically, if you read what he said, he, we, we kind of shouldn't have been in it last year. Yeah, he did say that. You know, you know yeah. I got to say one thing, Chuck. You know, watching these – you know, getting back to high school now, you don't have to be 500. Uh, to get into the playoffs, and you look at the, you look at the major leagues, and, and these teams that you know, there was a team that uh, literally was you know thirteen and thirteen that won the states this year. So they got hot at the end of the year. So my thing is, you can relax all year, 
and then and then bring it on, you know, t- during the playoffs. And it's kind of what that second playoff uh, playoff position does in the big leagues. You know, you you got guys that you know a team that could win a hundred games like they did, and and a team like the Phillies that you, you wanted to choke them half the season. And they could come in and, and, and get hot for three games and beat you. Even more so this year, right? Because one of the points we did not discuss with Bo that I had prepped for is the playoffs. All right, check the Braves. And let's say Milwaukee. I'm not sure they're going to win that division. But let's say they do. And then you check the Dodgers or Arizona. But you check them both for qualifying for postseason as of today. There, there are four teams that look like they're there. Now you got two left. They're all 500. Now, of the, this is kind of mesmerizing. Uh, of the and Chad, don't look at the standings right now because I want you and Ray to address this. So you got those four teams. Let's give it to the Braves, Milwaukee, Dodgers, and Arizona. Underneath the Dodgers, okay. Name the top two teams' winning percentage in the National League after that. Bud, name one. Ray, you name the other. Go ahead. Pirates. That's one of them. Good guess. Do, are you looking or no? No, not looking. Right. Not looking. Ray. Wow, I have no idea. Would you believe Miami? Yeah, that's a that's a shock. Oh my God, are you serious? So the point I underscore by that illustration is that obviously the Phillies are far, far, far from out of it. As a matter of fact, with their record, they're right in the thick of it, and will be. All season long, because what's going to happen is these teams are going to churn and burn, and they're going to stay 500 or under, and it's never going to be a a big problem. I don't think the Phillies, if you look at their record right now, you probably could say at 27 and 32, now if they lose the next game, all bets are off on this statement, because you could say is that bottom for the year. Uh, but but on 27 and 32, that winning percentage, you could probably say is worst of the year, and they only get better from here, uh, which puts them in the playoff hunt all year long. It's all going to be a, a kind of a, uh, you know, channeling through at 500, uh, and they're going to be around that. I don't think the Phillies end up, what would you say best case, bud, over 500 this year? Do they get the 10 games over 500? No, not no, no, no. I don't think so. Right, ten games over five hundred. No way. But uh, Chuck, is this the reason why you don't see any urgency? You think? Well, it's a great, it's a great point because they kind of know it. One thing you can't do with players is you can't change Butler in basketball. The segue coming off a bad game because right. he knows he's going to have a good game. <laughs> He's had his bad game. Now I'm going to have a great game. Uh, it There's psychological things in sports that you don't know, but you think you can predict. Um, and, you know, once Turner goes seven for 10, he's going to be out. And that's when he's going to probably play like a 300 hitter. He's got to go right. seven for 10. He's going to have the confidence. His defense will improve. So Bo is right when he talks about guys bringing their defense, uh, their offensive uh, ineptitude uh, out on the field. And it happens commonly. Why? Because you're asking yourself in between pitches, what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, am I, is my weight right? Is, am I loading right? Where are my hands? i got to go look at the video in between innings. That's all preoccupation. Now you got to 
a, a ball coming at you 110 miles an hour and you're not ready. You're not ready. What about the old time guys where if they weren't hitting, they gave you twice as much on defense. Yeah, that's you know what, what I Boa mean? said. Bo wanted to beat you with his glove. I mean, yeah, Bo, of course. Yeah, I mean, he was a marginal hitter, but he wanted to go out and beat you with his glove. And Bo was guys going. like Lenny Dykstra. I hate to say it because he's a bum now, but you know, guys like Dykstra. You know, I'm sure Pete Rose. You know, yeah, um, they would you. never take it. Deal, uh, Chuck. You mentioned Dykstra. And I'm telling you guys, run, don't walk to the thirty for thirty on the 1986. Mets, uh, where Dykes was getting pinch hit for all year long against good lefties, and the, and the manager puts him in the down by two uh, in the playoff game, and he says to the manager, he says to the manager, says, so, so, he said, so now you want to fucking win. You want to fucking win now, huh? It's what he says to the manager before he goes up and he hits the three-run over. I mean, sure. and, then he, and, then he, and he takes his family to Peter Luger's. He tells the story of going to Peter Luger's. When he walks in, they all stand up and give him a state ovation. You got to watch the 30 for 30 on, on the Mets used to, uh, the best playoff game ever has to be right two three run deficits you come back twice and do it and go 16 innings i mean that's just i I remember watching the game at my mom's house i'll never forget it we were going to go to dinner and we started watching the game at like four o'clock and my mom keeps saying you're ready to go and it's like eight o'clock and i'm like mom the game's still being played you know so we're all watching it but uh you got to see dykstra in that it's 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 lenny at his best you know but uh you a yankees fan a big Yankees fan, yeah, because, you know, I, I, I went to a Yankees game with my dad, and I got my dad's little Rolodex upstairs. It's not a Rolodex like we know one. It's a flat device that you slide down the little lever, right. and the letter pops up on, like, a tray. And, and it's metal. It's metal. And on the back yeah. page under Y, I got Yankee Stadium Bud's first game. I'm not going to get through it. Well, I think we rave, we rave and uh, ran a bit. I will rave, and uh, I will, I'll take the NBA Finals. I okay. think the Heat yeah. were an awesome. It was an amazing game last night. It was. The ending was just incredible. And the Heat are continuing to surprise people. And they, they, they did what they had to do. They took one or two in, at Denver. And now they come home for Wednesday night game. And if they can get another one... They could have a chance. So I think they're just continuing to surprise people. I know I'm personally rooting for the Heat. And it's just, it's going to be, it seems like it's going to be a really great series. And it's just, been, it's been awesome so far. So this is not a rant or rave, but an observation. So Mara and I are down the shore yesterday for anniversary. And I said to Mara, we parked in the car reading. It was just great, great day. Cool, beautiful in the car. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? Watching people come off the boardwalk. I'm going to note the first. 30 people wearing either Eagles or Phillies uh, gear. And she's, why are you doing that? I said, because of this whole thing about it. I know it's baseball season, so there'll be some baseball bias. Of the first 30 people I observed wearing one or the other, you guys can guess, what do you think the head count was? And then what more of? So you have to give me the, you know, what you would have as a score more for Eagles or Phillies, but just take a shot of the first 30 people that I put it away. I was going nuts doing it. I actually had fun doing it, but anyway, Barry thought I was nuts because I am nuts. Uh, I would say it was 25-5 Phillies. Wow. Okay, Ray? I would say 20-10 Eagles. Okay, that's interesting because you and Chad present a diversity of opinion 
about the central theme. The thesis is that it's all Eagles Nation, even in baseball season, which is a bunch of bull. And I've proved it by Jersey Soul, most popular manager, Charlie Manuel. I've proved it a million different ways. But there's this notion that still channels out there that it's true. Well, it's certainly not in baseball season by the attendance coming back at 40,000, but that's not times eight games like football. That's 81 games, guys. So that's 3 million versus 600,000. You know, beat that. But in answer to my own question, about 29 to 1. Phillies, wow. Phillies over Eagles. There are, there are no Eagle fans wearing gear in the summer. So my, my original point, and I'm going to go to greater lengths to prove it, is that they are the same nation. There is not 25% all Eagle fans that I don't like the Phillies. I'm pure Eagles. It doesn't exist. They change jerseys. It's the same interchangeable group of fans. They're passionate Philadelphia area, Delaware Valley fans that love the Eagles and love the Phillies. They're interchangeable parts, and that's how it presents on the radio too. Now, what the what the media types will do that love football more than uh, baseball, Eskin, uh, Angelo, so on and so forth, uh, Ray Diddy, they'll they'll skew that and give you another stat about like like TV audience in football. Of course, it's bigger. How would it not be bigger when baseball's diluted? You know, but then they'll give you the World Series versus the Super Bowl. And there's very, some very compelling stats. But that's not my argument. My argument is in the Delaware Valley, baseball's every bit as popular as football. You have a hard time selling that to a lot of people. But if you do the boardwalk test, 29 to 1. And yes, I realize it's baseball season. I was shocked by it. And Ray, you must be shocked by it. I am shocked. I'll am be honest with you. Cause I'm wearing Eagles gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so my rant would simply be, Phillies, clean up your act, man. We deserve more as fans. You can't beat the bottom five in every category. Um, I mean, Turner, you can't have eight stolen bases. It, it's it's a joke, and it's got to get better. And uh, clean it up, man. Start being uh, – have some pride in what you do and uh, get, it, get it going. It's just, just unacceptable – brand of baseball i mean you're talking about in the, in the Mets series they had three runs it's 17 hits they had check this walk to strikeout ratio three walks right against 33 strikeouts Woo-hoo. how about that all right bubba ran on there we go so uh, uh let's, rave. chuck gave us whew, 40 to 50 stats why we should hate the phillies right now and they are playing like shit and um, hopefully they do get better. But the reason why I asked you if you were a Yankees fan, and I got a, a rave here, is uh, you have to watch uh, an ESPN documentary called uh, The Yankees Dodgers, An Uncivil War. Chuck, you will love it. Uh, it's, it's mainly about, uh, well, obviously the Dodgers and the Yankees through the 70s and their World Series against each other, but um, inside of that is Billy Martin's hatred of Reggie Jackson. And they interview Reggie and the stories. I, I mean, he wanted Joe Rudy from the A's. Right. And Steinbrenner brings in Reggie Jackson. The team hated him. 
But Billy Martin hated him even worse. And the stuff that he called Reggie, uh, wanting to fist fight him on several <laughs> occasions. Wild man. You have to watch it. Is this a new uh, release? Is this a new release? Uh, I believe it is. Okay. I, I, it's, uh, I think it premiered. Uh, I, you know what, Chuck? I, it did. It came out. It came out September of twenty-two. All right, cool. I'm going to watch that. I actually think I've seen parts of flying through the channels, and I want you to watch the one on the Mets. Okay, and then we can the talk. The eighty-six Mets. Yeah, we could talk about it. The uh, thirty for thirty on the eighty-six Mets. We can oh, talk absolutely. about it I, before the next show. Yeah, uh, Bud, what are the uh, administrative details? A little housekeeping here, buddy. Well, as always, just find us, uh, speakingofsportspod.com, our website. Uh, that's our website. Um, it has our email, Twitter links, stuff like that there. You can always find us on social media at Speaking of Sports. And any question or comments for Bo or any other guests that we have on, uh, Chuck's number is 609-828-5569. And lastly... The, the people are telling me that they're subscribing and not getting notifications. Can you once again, just walk through how you subscribe and you will get your notification. To, is well, there... you can subscribe on Apple, which is what I do, but I don't get notifications either. Right, so, so I don't know why there's just, different platforms, right? Yes. Most of our listeners are Apple and I don't get notifications. They either, can though. subscribe. How do they subscribe? If you're on the Speaking of Sports podcast, there's a plus button in the top right-hand corner. You just press that button. And that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. And then why is everybody telling yeah, I get they're... notified every every time there's a new uh, show, okay. my podcast. All right. Yeah, uh, that's weird. I'm not getting notified. I think it could be my phone, can, though. Can but, you tell yeah. those 70, 75 people that I have to forward the show to that are telling me they can't subscribe? All you have to do is send them the show and then say, press this link and press the plus button. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Chuck, can, I, can I tell you another way? Maybe they would understand. Be if, nice. If they go to the, Be nice, if guys. They go, the, <laughs> they go to the podcast button on their phone. Right. Just simply touch that, and, and they pick their podcast. It'll 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 automatically notify them through the podcast app. So that's probably an easier way to do it. We have a and then it pops okay. up when a new show comes on. We have a precipitous drop when I don't forward the show to this group. Uh, I don't want to spend the rest. I love these people. I don't want to spend the rest of my life jockeying the show every day. Uh, but right. when I don't do it, we have a pretty uh, noticeable drop in the ratings. But anyway, thanks to everybody on the Daily Show support. The numbers are, are, are really fantastic and very encouraging. And uh, we're going to do the long show now so we don't confuse you. You're, you're going to get the long show every Monday. Uh, we've made that business decision, and, uh, and we're going to stick with it. So there'll be a long show. We have three great guests in Boa, Skipper, and Frank, uh, the batting coach. Menachino. Menachino. Frankie Menachino. We can't wait. We're going to have him next week. We're going to ask him to come on. I get going. No pressure. Go. Yeah. What do you want to do? <laughs> All right. So uh, that's a wrap, boys. That's a wrap. And uh, God bless everybody. Have a, a great Monday. Uh, Ray, stay healthy, buddy. Join the family, man. You got it. See you later.